This is CliffCentral.com. The beautiful sounds of Pastor Patrick Duncan uh, with the song uh, Hallelujah Hosanna. Kind of, kind of really most known by, by, most, uh, by most South Africans. Or it should actually be all South Africans, but you know, all South Africans should know the national anthem, but, uh, <laughs> but they don't necessarily. So I think it's just safe to kind of say most South Africans. Good morning to you all and a blessed welcome to the open book right here on, uh, on Cliff Central. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Um, I'll bait it might be just for this week and then I'll be back again in a month's time, but I'll speak to you about that just a little bit later. Um, so on that note, really just a huge thank you to, to Shalom Kandanisa. Um, who took the reins of the show and did a wonderful job um, last week. Uh, had a had a great, great, great guest by the name of Daniel who came in and really, man, just how much, just such wisdom coming from uh, from young people celebrating Youth Day. See, I'm old now. I'm over the <laughs> I'm over the Youth Day. I mean, like not Youth Day, but I'm I'm over the Youth Age now, so yeah. I can uh, speak about the young people. I mean, wasn't she just, wasn't she just, just, just amazing? Uh, well, as I said before, that, uh, you better start getting used to her because she's going to be back again next week. I haven't spoken to her about it, but I know that she'll be available because, uh, I'm the old and she's the younger. She has to listen <laughs> to us, <laughs> but I should probably, I should probably wait till, till July, till the youth month is over before I speak to her because right now, you know, the youth is boss. The youth is boss right now. So she'll be back next, uh, next weekend. She'll take you guys all the way till the 14th of July when, um, when I'll be back right here on the open book. I'll be on the road with my family promoting my new album, Kingdom Come, which I said last week is available on iTunes. Um, and thank you so much to all of those who've bought it. It's been charting, uh, like in the top 10 since, since two weeks ago, since it was released. And this week, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be at my church, Rama Bible Church, come through in the evening at the 6 p.m. service where I will be uh, singing together with my band. And it's going to be most of the material from the new album. So we hope to really, really see you guys there. Well, since it was Father's Day last Sunday, yeah, it was, it's been Father's Day. It's been Youth Day. Really just quite a, quite a lot of, quite a lot of celebrations happening in one cold month here in South Africa. Our theme for today, based on, uh, based on Father's Day, our theme is fatherhood. And so on TBN Meets, for those of you who caught TBN Meets last week, uh, Friday on TBN in Africa, DSTV channel 343, you would have caught an interview that I did with, uh, Zane Mias of Isidingo Fan. So, um, so I'll be playing that interview later on the second half of, uh, of the show. But in studio with me, in studio with me, I have a great minister. A great minister uh, that I'm honored to call a friend, Pastor Patrick Duncan. And I just played his song a little bit earlier on. And um, he's an award-winning gospel artist, born in Cliptown and grew up in El Dorado Park. Pastor Patrick Duncan is a Psalm Award winner and a Crown Gospel Music Award nominee. Uh, in my travels, to tell you actually, Pastor Patrick, um, in my travels to Namibia and to Kenya and to Nigeria, the one name that keeps on coming up. Is next time you come, are you gonna come with Patrick Duncan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So it's really just, uh, it, it's really just been awesome just seeing your growth, seeing what you've done, because some of the times we're not so much aware of, of how much you actually loved, not only by South Africans, but yeah. I guess by the whole of Africa yeah. and all those who've really just gotten to hear your music. Mm-hmm. So it's really great to have you with us here it's in studio. To be here, man. Your name right here. I have Duncan. I was mentioning this earlier on. Um, he's our, uh, what, what do you, what, what do you call you again, Duncan? Technical, technical producer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and here we have Patrick Duncan. But there was another Patrick Duncan before you. Uh-huh. He's, yeah. uh, he was an yes. activist, I think. Yes, uh, Patrick Duncan. There's also another one, first governor general of South Africa. Like way back, Sir Patrick Duncan. I don't know if my parents got it from there. But I was actually yeah. going to ask you if maybe that's where your name, that's where your name mm, came yeah, from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to get a house in the street called Pat, so, uh, you know, Patrick Duncan Street. That's in Florida Park. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, please yeah. let us know so we can come <laughs> we'll and uh, and take selfies from there. Yeah. And say yeah. <laughs> Standing on Patrick, yeah. You know, <laughs> born in Cliptown, mm-hmm. uh, growing up in El Dorado, yeah. Um, and Cliptown, I mean, like Cliptown is, you know, Cliptown is still around, yes. You know, yes, it and is. 
and you grew up in uh, in in, in Aldo's. Yeah, how I, close are the two? How close are the two places? Actually, in fact, Eldorado Park is is birthed from Cliptown. Wow. That's it's birthed from Cliptown. So, um, it's still around. My family, you know, my family's still in Cliptown. You know, mm-hmm. my grandparents, not my grandparents, my great grandmother used to live there, but my uncles and aunts, they still live in Cliptown. So, some, uh, you know, some establishment there. And how was, I mean, like, how was life, um, how was life for you growing up, growing up in Cliptown and Aldo's? Okay, for me, I mean, Eldorado Park, you know, it's renowned for gangsterism, renowned for, you know, drug abuse and all of those kind of things happening there. Uh, it, it was a challenge, you know, being raised by a single parent. My father passed on when I was four and a half years old. Wow. And, um, you know, living life in the community, uh, you know, being raised by the community, we know that, you know, uh, everybody raises you as a child, you know, yeah. when we used to grow up. Yeah. Um, you know, when you do something wrong, somebody down the road spanks you and sorts you out. If you go back home and tell your mother about it, your mother takes it further. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, you know, why did you touch my child kind of situation? No, it's like if you got a hiding from somebody else down the road and you come and tell your mother about it, she'll take it further, you know, and you'll be in bigger trouble then. So, Raised, being raised in Eldorado Park was really a challenge, poverty and all of those kind of things. But my yeah. mom, I believe by the grace of God, you know, my mom really did, she did a brilliant job. You know, if I'm looking at myself, thinking about what God has mm-hmm. done, nothing that I could have credited to myself, but it's because of the grace of God and what he, the strength that he's given my mom, you know, to just raise us all eight children by herself. Wow. So, uh, yeah. And, a, and you guys grew up to love the Lord. Um, yeah. In those circumstances, because because we know that children who are born um, in that sort of poverty, yeah, in those yeah. sort of you know, in those sort of areas, uh, you can either go w- w- like one of two ways. Yeah, man, I, I let me tell you, my my mom was not really saved. Uh, we grew up in a Catholic church, yeah. and uh, um, I can just say that it it has been the hand of the Lord. If God has planned for you, you know, to be a success, or you, if God has His finger upon your life, there's nothing you can really do about it. Because if I have to say, you know, at this point of my life, I made a decision. At that point of my life, this is what I did. Because if I look at my brothers and my sisters, when I look at my life, I can really just credit everything to the grace of God. Because Amen. there's nothing that kept me from becoming a mess. Yeah. Only by the hand of God. Amen. Nothing, because you know, um, in my mother's life, in our in our lives, you know, when we, to, when we talk fatherhood, growing up without a dad is really a struggle. I had to, I, I learned to know the Lord Jesus as my personal savior, um, you know, through my mom taking us to church and us constantly, you know, being there. Uh, by the grace of God, I got to the place of knowing God as my father. For years, I did not like Father's Day. For years, wow. I mean, up till I, I think about ten years ago. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not that old. I'm about 40, I'm 43, I'm yeah. 43 years old. Wow. I wouldn't even say I'm 30. <laughs> you're the other, you're I'm, the other youth day generation. You were there I'm telling in you. 76. I, I, just about two years after that I was born. I, yeah. So, um, yeah. So what happened was, yeah, that's it. How, how we grew up. I mean, the father figures that I had in my life, you know, growing up in the community, you see these drunk dads, you look yeah. at these alcoholics and you look at the man beating up his wife and all of those, those pictures that you have of fatherhood. I mean, it sort of like shapes what you think of being a man, what you think of being a father and all of those kind of things. God had to come and rescue me from that. Yeah. You know, so it was really tough and it's still tough in our communities, but the hand of God. The yeah. hand of God, man. And isn't it just amazing the fact that, you know, so many people use they uh they use their past as an excuse for the way mm-hmm. that they live. Yes. But we know that if you give it all up to God, he will be everything that you need. I promise. Um you. I, I, I lost my father now seven years old. Uh-huh. And um but and not that I'm happy because I'm not happy at all that it happened. Yeah. You know, like I wanted to yeah. grow up with my father, but God supplied. Yes. You know, God supplied fathers who did, you know, like who had skills that my father wouldn't have necessarily yeah. had. Yeah. So I think, you know, like so in the Bible says that when you are weak, that he is strong. Listen, yes. that strength, you know, his, um, his spiritual strength is much stronger than any physical strength. That's right. That you could have, uh, that you could have had. I mean, look at you now. Mm. Look at you now. I mean, God, I, listen, all glory and honor goes to him because Man, the, the father, the fatherhood of God. I mean, just like as kids, how we are shaped by our experiences, how we are shaped by what we see around us, all of those kind of things. Um, how God blocks you off and how God sort of like shades you and, um, shadows certain things in your life so that you're not able to go down that route uh, yeah. is really just amazing because, uh, like I said earlier, it, it's nothing but the hand of God. Nothing Amen. but His goodness. Amen. Yeah. When did you discover your talent to sing? 
I think when 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 I was um I think this is what happened. We my uncle my uncle I don't know if you you, you know Josh Drama. Yes, my yes. cousin Josh, my yeah, cousin. Yeah, I've played with so, Josh yeah. many times. Yeah, so growing up, my uncle, their father, his father, oh, wow. is a pastor. So we went to his church and we witnessed. I mean, that entire family is, you know, musically inclined. They're brilliant in terms of music. So when we went there, that they, to their church, started going there for a while, and then after a while, we joined with another church, and we were introduced in that church as the singing family. My two elder sisters used to sing. Oh, wow. So when we were introduced as a singing family, you know, the pastor told us to join and the choir. And they are singing. Family. Family too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, we joined. We had to join the choir. My mom sent me with my sisters. They were known for singing, but I was just sent along to just be out of the house. My mom just sent me there, and huh? when we got there, there was a song that they did uh, in the choir, and they, 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 you know, there was a male vocal needed. Uh, I don't know if you remember that song. If he carries the weight of the world up on his shoulder, yeah, yeah. that part. Of, I know my brother. Yes, that yes, yes. There is no storm too dark. That part. Yes, God yes, cannot yes. come. It. They didn't have anybody to sing that. Wow. And so I said, let me try. And when I when I did that, I really just stumbled upon my gift. And it's amazing how when you uh, sort of like. How your gift can get you to identify who you are. Are you with me? Not that you are your gift, but the point is, when I discovered my gift, what happens was the Lord God, if so, the, the Lord God actually revealed me, revealed my gift to me. So when I got to that place of knowing my gift, I I just became more confident. Mm. I, I was at an early age. I think I was about uh, about fifteen, twelve, uh, fifteen, around about there. And you probably still had a high voice then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Uh, and yeah, at an early age of my life, you know, everybody, when you ask them, when did you start singing? Everybody will say the age of 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. But, but I, I take it a bit low and I say, well, yeah. from the age of, you know, from the age of four, because that's when they start to come onto the stage and sing. Yeah. I wish I actually, I wish I actually had like recordings of yeah. that time. So I could actually hear if, you know, if they loved the way that I was singing yeah. or if it was just a cute thing. That was just out of tune. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was confident in the yeah. singing, you know? Yeah. But, but you're not really, I mean, like what really has amazed, has amazed me about you. And I think which is really just a great lesson for, you know, for the fact that when your relationship started growing with God, you decided to go to Bible school. Mm. You know, a lot of people just want to just, you know, dive straight in, right. um, right. into, into ministry. So right. what's the importance of, of really just educating yourself, not necessarily going to Bible school, yeah. but just educating yourself about <sighs> about the career path that you want to go wow. into. That it's it's so important. I think um, with me, this how it worked. I think it should have been difficult for me to go to Bible school. I mean, the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, growing up, I'm the eldest son in the house. So now, what happened was my goal was I want to work and I want to take care of my mom. That was my greatest well, yeah. goal. That was my goal. But when, like, like I said to you, re- God really just handpicked me. He said, "This I want you and I'm going to get you. And then when I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I had a desire. I'm telling you, an insatiable desire for the word of God. Because I needed, I wanted to know more about him. It mm. wasn't because I wanted to do the work of the ministry. I just wanted to know him. And I just, I hinted in one of my prayers, I, I whispered and said, I, w- I wish I can go to Bible school. I didn't know much about it. I heard people speak about it, but you know, I just wanted to go by Bible school. And then whilst we do, were doing a concert, I used to sing for a group called Your Odia, um, Witness, way back, a male group. Yeah. And then when we were at a concert, an old couple sit, seated in the crowd, just like a few weeks after my, my prayer that I whispered to the Lord. They came to, to, they came after the concert, they came to me and said, listen, we, we, we go to Rhema Bible Church and, uh, we see, you know, God wants to do something with your life. Come and see us in the, you know, during the course of the week. And then I went there and they said, listen, we want to send you to Bible school and we want to pay for everything. Wow. I was blown away. I, I was blown away. I'm telling you. And I learned to know God in ways, man. Uh, yo, I mean, when we grew up, my mom received checks in the mail and, and she wow, the so greatest awesome. thing she did she didn't know much about god but the greatest thing that my mom did she would get us together and we would pray and she would say i don't know where this check came from i'm not going to inquire i'm not going to say nothing we're going to just give thanks to god and like, when we gave thanks to god, I w- and growing up i was looking for the god who puts checks in the mail the god Amen. who does not the one who heals yeah. you from a flu you know i'm i'm looking for the god that can open up red seas and that was my desire my desire was to know him. And the reason why I went to Bible school is because I wanted to know him. Mm. And then afterwards, obviously, then I started going into full-time ministry. My mom had all, reason, all the reason to say, you need to go and work because yeah. we're struggling. You need... But my mom just released me to ministry. 
I'm telling you, that's why God, when God calls you, there's nothing you can do about it. But that's really not. That's a real a true testament of the fact that, you know, when the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right. and all these things shall be, shall yeah. be added unto you. Yeah. You know, for the fact that, um, we need, we need to just follow our passion and what God is saying to us. Yeah. And we don't need to worry about, yeah. you know, like about, yeah, but then if I do this, where's this going to come from? Yes. You know? Yes. So it's, it's like the guy who said, uh, when Jesus said, follow me, and he said, okay, cool. Well, can I just go and, uh, and, and bury my, you know, yeah. bury my father. Yeah. And uh, Jesus said, well, I mean, like, would you kind of, to kind of paraphrase it, you know? Mm. He said, um, let the dead bury the dead. Yes. You know, which, which sounded like, sounds like a really harsh <laughs> thing. But the thing is, you, you, Jesus always knows that once we follow him, yeah. that everything that worries us, that yeah. we feel like we need to put works into making it work, that he would, he would have probably made it work for that guy that's if that right. guy decided to follow him. So, that's, that's how it works. The kingdom of God works like that. And this is it. You're seeking of the kingdom. Is supposed to be standard. That's something you should never lose sight of. Seeking the kingdom of God first will always make the other stuff come second and it will follow. It, if you seek the things, you, you might not find God. But if you seek God, you'll always have the things being drawn to because you. Because he's the God of the things. Yes. That's how it is. That's how <laughs> he's it is. the God of the things. The minute, Did that, yeah. I mean, like, you know, sort of you having gone to, um, you having gone to Bible school and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure your desire, was was to minister it was not yeah. so much to sing or to preach but it was to minister um you know to yeah. to to people who needed that yeah um did 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 it surprise you like i mean like the whole success that you got yeah. and and sort of getting into the spotlight and wow. how did that help you deal with that because some, some people find it hard you yeah. know they're like oh no i'm seeking god and then suddenly boom they, yes. they hit it big Yo, man i think when it comes to what god has called you to do and the desire for you to serve people I th- this is it it should always be by this is it. the reason why i tell people about jesus is because of what he did for me Amen. i can't tell you about something that never happened to me it's if, by the testimony it's, of yeah, our mouth yes. and also by the you know it by says, the blood yeah, of the lamb yes mm. it shall be you, you will overcome by the word, uh, the, the word of your testimony, of testimony and the blood yeah. of the Lamb. And that's what it says. So um, that's what it is. We should not go and try and preach about Jesus Christ because we want to be successful in ministry. But we should preach about Jesus Christ because he is our success in ministry. But that's why it is so, and you know what, and that's why it is so important that we get, you need to get your own personal Jesus that's experience. It. That's it. Do you know what I mean? That's and it. stop living off somebody else's. And I'm talking to people who are trying to be good, you know, trying to follow someone else. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking about what someone else experienced. Yeah. You need to ask God, just like you did. You say, it's like, I want to know you. Yeah. And funny enough, God reveals himself. And, 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 that, and that's kind of what oh. happened to me as well when and, I was about 30 and, and boom, to Bible school, I also went. <laughs> yeah. That revelation keeps you going. That's what keeps you going. That yeah, it's a simple prayer. It's, it's a simple prayer. You don't have to like, you don't have to like be, you know, uh, be taking out your old prayer books and mm. looking at ways to pray. Just simply say, Lord, I want to know you. And if you're there, reveal yourself to me. That's right. Reveal That's yourself right. to me. That is so awesome. Um, so, so, I mean, just, we've probably got about five minutes. Can you really just believe it? <laughs> wow. So Can quick. you believe it? Um, but how important, you know, how important is a father to a child? Man, I, I really do. I really do. Because you've that. seen it. Because yeah. you've seen it. Now, now that you are a father and growing up without a father. But how important is fatherhood? Man, I, the, the wonderful thing about being a father is now, that I, now I can understand why God loves me so much. When I'm good and when I'm bad. Yeah. Because when I look at my little baby, she's only four years old. Uh, she blows my mind. When she's naughty, she just looks at me. And when she did something wrong, she just looks at me. Then it's over. It's like, I've already <laughs> forgiven. I've already, it's like, hey, 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 don't look at me like that. It's yeah. like, I won't be able to, I won't I'm be able to, to discipline hard. you. I won't be I'm able to, to be spank hard you. like those fathers yeah. that are so back in Aldo's. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? But when I look at her, it's like, hey, how can I, how can I, how can I spank this? Okay. And I think when it comes to that, I, I'm learning now to understand the fatherhood heart of God. Amen. With, you know, the relationship that yeah. I have with my child. That's the reason why with God, it's like every time you sin, every time you make a mistake, you can just look at him and then he knows there's that love relationship. But isn't that, I mean, like, isn't that amazing? The fact that when you, when you have a child and you actually are a present father, yeah. um, because I believe that, you know, our love is not, our love is not, um, it's not eternal. In, in, in terms of in terms of size, like God's mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. but that we grow to love people. Yes. Like I felt like I've grown to love my daughter, right. you know. Right. But the, but the one thing, and this is what you you know, kind of paraphrasing what you're saying right now, mm-hmm. is the fact that you start to understand how much God loves you yeah. when you have a child of your own. That's right. 
That's right. But I think uh, being a father is really just an awesome responsibility and really just a wonderful blessing. And also, when I say being a father, the the huge responsibility that, that goes together with that is just amazing. You can never. It's like without God within your life. I don't know how you can try and father your child because looking, taking care of another human being is, 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 is a lot. I don't is know how lot? you can even be a, a husband, <laughs> yeah. a good husband to your wife. Yeah. That's why, like, you know, like, I, I actually find another thing about it. I was like, why mm-hmm. do people, like, why would they go and get divorced 10, 15 years later? Mm. You know, mm. um, I, I mean, obviously there are other obvious reasons to it. Yeah. I'm not saying that you know it's been everybody's fault, right? But maybe some of the times it's because they've been trying to do that out of their own strength. And yeah. 15 years later, there's probably enough time for you to to leave a job to That's try and find right. new avenues. That's you right. know, That's so without right. God, I think also just oh, man, just fatherhood it's, is just um, yeah. it's just impossible. It's Those impossible. are the good news for today. That's right for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Let's speak about um, so so three albums. This is your third album. You yeah, my fourth you, one. This is your fourth one yes, now. Sir. Oh, yes. there we go, there we yeah. go. Your fourth album. Yes, sir. and uh, they just keep getting better. Oh man, praise the Lord. I'm still a Pindu Kulume fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> your Pindu Kulume is like my Give Me the Night. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stuck onto you for yeah. life. Yeah. Um, tell us, you know, tell us about this exciting recording that's yeah. going to be happening on the sixth of uh, of August. August sixth of August. Rosebank Union Church. Um, that's where it's going to be happening. Amen. Uh, tickets available at CompuTicket. And, uh, for me, this is really amazing because I always, I, I don't want to do a recording if I don't have anything to say. Um, this is what I believe the Lord laid on my heart. The Mercy Project. That's what we call it. And also it's go, it goes together with a book that I'm busy writing. I'm almost done with my book, um, wow. entitled Mercy, The Price of Grace. Because I believe uh, the the whole idea, the whole idea of the project came from the message the Lord placed in my heart, the Mercy Project. So Mercy, the price of grace. I believe, yes, we're living in a time where we're teaching grace, but it's important for you to understand that although the grace came free, it's not cheap. Someone died for it. Mercy died for grace, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. So there was a price. There was a, a a price that was paid, and mercy, and grace is the prize that was gained from the price that mercy paid. So mm. the book speaks about that, and the entire uh, new project, the album, new songs, and some songs of my old albums that I'm just bringing alive again, like uh, songs that people never heard. And then uh, uh, I'm having Pastor Lionel Peterson on there. I'm yeah. having um, Idols winner Vincent Bones. Who actually? I mean, like who actually? Um, I mean, you you pastored Vincent. The first time I saw yeah. Vincent yeah. was um, you know he was uh, he was busy serving yeah. at uh, you know at the that church boy under yes. you. He lived, he lived with me and, uh, I, I helped mentor him by the grace That's of God. So awesome. And, um, you know, he's, he's just an amazing boy. He just grew up. I'm so excited about what God is doing in his life. He's going to be part of that project. Amen. He's part of it. And Pastor Lionel Peterson, you know, our spiritual father, um, if I can call him spiritual father in terms of worship, that's the guy that, you know, everybody looks up to. I, he's going to be part of it. I'm honored to have him as part of, uh, the, the, the evening and the project also. So it's going to be power packed. It's going to be amazing. People don't want to miss that uh, yeah. on the 6th of August Rosebank 6th Union Church 6th of August uh, Rosebank Union Church yeah. uh, Pastor Patrick Duncan recording his his live DVD yeah. I love live DVDs because you know the budgets come out concerts <laughs> 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 are cool but yeah. live DVD you know is going to be pulling out all the stuff That's man right. That's you know right. three different uh, well, costume changes you know, you there's going to be a, a, a bigger band than usual right. I'm really really so looking That's forward right. to it it's, it's the 6th of August and uh, featuring Pastor Lionel Peterson He's yeah. been a great mentor in yeah. my life, yeah. and um, and the young Vincent Bones, mm-hmm. uh, who won idols and keeps winning, mm-hmm. um, really just how awesome. And you know what they say about mercy? You know, mercy yeah. and grace. They say mercy is um, is not getting what you deserve. Yes, um, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. That's right. So it's going to be just a wonderful That's evening, right. Pastor. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Make sure that you get to the show. Yeah, man. Sixth of August. That's right. Tickets are at Compute Tickets, Rosebank Union Church, <laughs> um, and uh, and he'll be doing his live. DVD. We love you so much and we appreciate you. After this, uh, Zayn Mias. I chatted to Zayn Mias, uh, who I chatted on on uh, on TBN Meets uh, last week. We love you all and uh, God bless. Choice. Sometimes you have it, and sometimes you don't. Auto Trader gives you the choice. Now you can shop, compare, and buy new cars. Watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy. Auto Trader new car. The choice is yours. The Open Book on cliffcentral.com.
Zane Nias is a South African actor best known for his role as the lead in the early 90s rugby drama The Game and as Jack van Onselen in Isidingo. He has appeared in leads in numerous television productions, including Interrogation Room and the Afrikaans soapy Siervendelan. Zane's film credits include Ernest Goes to Africa, Tarzan and the Lost City, Africa, Morafis, Forgiveness, and many more. But his real passion is being an example and an activist for creating exemplary fathers. This he is achieving through his foundation called Fatherhood, which is to improve the well-being of communities by increasing the proportion of children growing up with involved, responsible, committed, and loving fathers. And so, on this week of Father's Day, Zane is here with us at the TBN in Africa studios to chat to us about the importance and the significance of fatherhood, both physically and spiritually. Mr. Mies, warm welcome to you. Thank you, and uh, that was very formal, Mr. Bala, but thank you for <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. the last time that someone called me Mr. Bala was probably, well, the time that I can remember, yeah. it was probably at school uh, when, my, when my teacher, whenever you got into trouble, he'd be like, Mr. Bala? Yes. Then you, then you just knew, it's on. <laughs> you just absolutely knew okay. that it's on. <laughs> There's no issues today. We'll but you're not, in, chat. you're not in trouble, okay? <laughs> so before we chat about the, father, the Fatherhood Foundation and just mm. your insights on fathers, um, you've had a long and successful career as an actor. Where did the passion for acting come from? Well, you know, it was a teacher that actually acknowledges, acknowledged my uh, talent at school. You know, um, she said, listen, this is something you should do because back then I was a good sportsman. I was lousy at academics, but I was a good sportsman, but there was no future back then for sportsmen back in the 80s. So, um, yeah. so someone from Wits University came to watch a show that we were doing and said, yeah, you should do this. And so I went and, and studied drama at, at Wits. And, um, and in my third year, I managed mm -hmm. to get my first professional gig, which toured Europe, which was fantastic. It was a musical wow. called Sophia Town. Came back from that, and then I did the game. Mm. So I, I, it was a, a, a nice quick jump into, into the, the acting world for me. It was really, really fantastic. It's, it's been good to me. And I understand how God would do that to someone, you know. He, he, he gives you all this favor and lifts you up yeah. so that one day you can be used for his glory. And um, I'm glad that I can... I can say that's I'm one of those people who's discovered their, their, their calling, as it were. So this wasn't obviously during school, um, while you're still staying with your parents. This was at varsity, when um, when you when this teacher told you that you know you should no, no, go high school and become oh, my final high year high school. Matik, matik, yeah, How did know. your family react to that? Because well, I don't think that acting was seen <laughs> as a thing that you could go into, you know, especially at that age. No, no. You know, my dad died when I was 14, so it was just my my mum and my six sisters. I have six sisters. And they wow. said, no, first, first one to go to university. I'm the first one in my family to go to university. So they go, doctor, lawyer, you know. I'm going, I come back, I filled in my form um, drama. And they were like, what, what is that? You know, what is drama? Yeah. <laughs> because back then there wasn't any soapies. There was no, yeah. you know, it was just but literally stage was the thing. And, and being in a TV ad, and that was my goal one day, to be in a TV ad, like a Rama ad or Omo or something. And, and today I've been on television almost every night for the last 12 years. It's just been amazing. So, so they were very shocked when I, when I came back and said, I want to follow my passion of doing, of doing wow. drama. You just told us that you grew up without, without your father. Your father passed away when you were 14 years yes. old. Um, how was that? I mean, how was that for you as a, as a growing man? Because I've seen some pictures of you and your family. Uh, mm. We've taken you out. And, and it's quite a big family that you Yes, as I said, six sisters, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My dad was amazing. He was an amazing father. Yeah. He was a family man, you know. He drank a bit. Eventually what, uh, what killed him. But um, was at home every night. Made sure we went to church. Um, was a very congenial and friendly guy. Always had people over. We were always sleeping on the floors and couches and stuff because no, my, dad, my dad would us say, too. no, someone's staying over, you know. Yeah. So, um, and he was a great, great, great man. He, he died just as I was becoming a man, really. But what he did do was it made me grow up very quickly mm. because, um, you know, having six older sisters and your mother and your grandmothers, lots of women in your life. Yeah. Um, but I, I had to grow up very quickly, and I became very responsible very quickly. I became head boy of the high school, wow. first in my family to go to university, etc., etc. You know, so, and uh, I carry those good memories. And I think I was also fortunate in that I had very good male role models after my dad died, who could Im impact my life and input into my life. Wow, that helped me to become the man that I am today. Even my present-day pastor, Pastor Stan Carolus, 
fantastic father figure, you know. Um, so I was blessed to have those kind of influences growing up. Yeah, I'm just totally touched by that because, you know, my dad passed away when I was, um, when I was seven years old. Mm. And uh, people ask me, you know, so how was your life without, you know, without your father? And I'm like... Well, God is our Heavenly Father, yes. and He literally provided all these people. So it's funny because I actually share the same story yes, as you absolutely. Um, about bringing all yeah. these fatherly figures. I mean, well, don't you feel that so, at some of the times we just want to just make excuses for being bad fathers because we grew up without a father? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's ex exactly that advice that I tell young men who come to me and say, Zane, I grew up without a dad. What kind of dad am I going to be? I say, well, you become the dad that you wanted. Mm. You become the father that you wish you had. For example, there are some people who have bad fathers. I say, if your dad never said to you, I love you, or was never there for any of your rugby games or soccer games or whatever, or netball games for girls, I say, make mm. sure you go and tell your kids every night you love them, which is something I love to do. Mm. Tell your kids every day you love them. Go to all the rugby and soccer games, as many as you can, because in that way, in a certain measure, you're healing yourself as well, you know, from the hurt or mm. the wound, fathers wound us, from the wound that you have, um, from your dad in a certain measure you then also heal yourself amen so because that's honor, and i think that's what we're doing that's why i think we're such good dads because we try we remember we, we do <laughs> we remember how good our dads were but then we we also you know that thing that i missed my dad he used to come to all my rugby games yeah. and my, my cricket games he wanted me to be a sportsman i don't know what he would have said if i had said actor i don't mm -hmm. think i would have been an actor but um what i now give my children um in a certain measure, I go, well, you know, I never got this, but I'm giving you this. Like at my son's at 19 now. Mm. I don't know what it's like to have a dad at 19. So I'm struggling with that. You know, what do I do here? How do I, he's, about, he's a man now, you know. Yeah. And we, we, we and I admit it openly that we're having a bit of a problem with that transition. Of course. But I, I put my, my trust and faith in God that, that we will both work it out as we go there. And maybe, you know, and maybe the thing is, if we both grew up with fathers, we, would, we wouldn't have, you know, so much faith in God coming through for exactly. us in things that we didn't do. Of course. Yes. I want to speak about, I, I want to speak just like about your spirituality. I mean, mm. when, when, did you, when did you find Jesus? You know, when did this change come over your life? Well, at, at, at Rhema Bible Church. Ah. Yes, I was attending a, a conference. Uh, you know, Rhema's got this big conference every year. And there was a speaker by the name of Tim Story. Oh, yes, I know the guy. Does, he, he does a lot of miracles. His message that day was, your miracle is in motion. And wow. it was, I was in the overflow room. I wasn't even in the main auditorium. <laughs> and it was like, this guy's talking to me. And yeah. I gave my heart to the Lord in the overflow room. And then the second time I gave my heart was when Carmen, the singer Carmen, yes, yes. came to South Africa at the Wondrous Stadium. And he sang, he sang, I loved his music, I had all his CDs. And then he sang a song, this blood is for you. And then immediately did the altar call. And I went up for that as well. So I gave my heart to the Lord twice. Twice. Okay. Then there was the okay. time that... <laughs> I've heard it about five times Exactly. Too. <laughs> just to be sure, just to look, Lord, I'm giving my heart again. But um, yeah, I even, I even wrote a play. I wrote a song called Miracle in Motion. Yeah. I wrote a musical called Miracle in Motion because it impacted my life so much. Yeah. That um, I needed everyone to understand the message that I got that day. And I tried to to do that with them. Were you a father, I mean, like, were you a father already um, at, that, at that time or at, was it before? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. My, 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 my wife was pregnant with our first child. In fact, we had a baby right. before we were married. Ah. So my, my fiance, girlfriend was pregnant uh, with my daughter at that time. And we had both just discovered the Lord. And you know, we grew up in a very Catholic, strict Catholic background, you know, so uh, our priest was the kind of guy, if you looked at the girl too long, he'd go, you're getting married. You know, <laughs> let alone you're pregnant, you know. So, so, but luckily a pastor came into our life and said, no, 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 the grace of God doesn't work like that. You don't have to get married just yet. Um, come into our flock and be part. And he, he basically dis displayed God's grace over our situation. We got married in that church. We got baptized in that church. We're now in leadership in that church. Wow, amen. Because of the grace that mm. was shown to us. And it's the same grace that we preach to other people wow. who are young people who are in similar situations. There's no such thing as a mistake, baby. God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You may be a child. You may, you, you may have been born out of wedlock. Yeah. You may have been a mistake, as they usually say. But, um, yeah. but there is a time. You yeah. Know, that you time were born for a time. So says, Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before you were formed in your mother's womb. He says to Jeremiah, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. The psalmist says that he knits us together in our mother's womb. That he forms us in the inner mm. secret. Mm. How can that be a mistake? 
just because your parents weren't married doesn't make you a mistake. You know? I guess the same with that. Like people will be like, yeah, well, the world just became, you know, yes. and just um, yes. there was no creation. Yeah, you know, there was just some sort of a big bang that happened. Exactly. Not to say that I'm a creationist, no. but uh, I believe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, God created it, and the fact that you know, the, um, when you look at it, it just looks so perfect. So yeah. there is no ways. There is no ways that this thing could have just happened, you know. Purpose by design. It's purpose by design. And so is everybody out there, no matter whether you have a father Mm? or you don't have a father. So how 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 has knowing Christ and being a child of God uh, born again, spiritual child, uh, child of God, affected your, um, your, your, your fatherhood? Yes, no, no, listen, my whole life turned around. I should have been dead twice, you know, um, the lifestyle that I led um, before that. But uh, my whole life, it was as if a light was switched on, number one, mm-hmm. and number two, as if suddenly I was walking on a, a different path, just a different, different way of seeing things, a different way of, of, of perceiving stuff. And let me tell you, it's not an easy path. It is, as he says, it's very narrow. And, and the, 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 the obstacles are there and the, mm. the chances to make mistakes are all there. But by his grace, we are kept through. And I must be honest also and say I haven't been perfect on this walk. But as the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And, and he's kept me on this path. And I wanted to say earlier, acting is my career. I'll always be an actor. Mm-hmm. But what I do with fatherhood is my calling. Amen. And, and everyone must understand that. that this, this, I mean, you're a singer by profession. Um, and then you also have a calling to do, to change. And the calling is how we change this world for God's kingdom. Amen. And people must understand it's not just for pastors or certain celebrities. Everyone is called to change this world for God's kingdom. And I'm lucky enough to have found my calling, to go around this country and spread this message of responsible fatherhood um, to South Africa. And I know it will be a global message that I do eventually, but um, I'm first being faithful to my Judea Mm. (laughs) and my Samaria Mm. before I got to the to the rest of the world. So um, I think someone needed to hear that, that the calling is for everyone and not just for some people. Wow. Because the thing is, you, you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a public, you know, public success, but a private failure. That's correct. Um, I, yes. call my, I call my family, I'm like, that's my nation. Yes. You know, yes. when yes. I go yes. home, I'm yes. like, this is my country. So yes. there's no point in going out there to other nations and preaching to other countries when your own, when your own house and your own place is sort of falling apart. Well, that's what I, that's what I preach. That's my big thing. My book that I wrote is entitled Daddy Come Home. Mm. Um, it's coming out as late in Afrikaans, Papikom Meister, but it's in, I want it translated in all the, the languages, uh, South African languages. Tata Buya Kaya, Baba Buya Kaya, and Tatetlu Hahe, and Tatetlu Lapeng. I want everyone to read this message and the, uh, this book for the message that it carries. And the message is that you are still important as a man, as a father. God's plan. Although society says one thing, although government puts these new policies into place and they have a ministry for women and not for men, this doesn't change God's plan and purpose for man and for men mm-hmm. at all. It is all still the same. And my message to them is you are still important. You do still have a role to play. You still have to step and fulfill the position God has called you to. And the, the, the two reasons why the book is entitled Daddy Come Home. Number one, because... Two-thirds of our homes in South Africa are single-parent homes. Wow. Two-thirds. That means more children are growing up without a father figure or a daddy in the house than kids who are. That kind of makes us a fatherless nation, really. And this is causing all the problems in society that we see. Teenage pregnancy, gang violence, teenage suicide, etc., etc., can all be attributed to the fact that kids come from single-parent or non-parent homes. And this is for girls and boys. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the second reason why the book is called Daddy Come Home is because... Your home is the place of your greatest influence. Yeah. Not the church, not the community, not at school, at work. Your home. Your home is that's what God created family. And he put the man as the head of the home because he says this is the first place. This is your Eden as it were. As you said, this is your nation yeah. that you look after. And I tell men that. They get up in church, they pray and the mother's going like, that's your father praying in church. Huh. He doesn't even pray at home. He doesn't even pray for his food before he eats. And here he is doing these long prayers in church. Yeah. Or he gets up in the school governing body and speaks to the old school. And the kids are going, my father doesn't even talk at home. And yet here he is. And exactly that statement that you made. What is the point of being a public hero when you're a private failure? Mm. But don't you feel that like our past, especially in South Africa, uh, the fact that you know apartheid played a big role 
um, in, in, in our society only, you know, with only a third of the homes having fathers? Exactly, exactly. You know, the apartheid system that we had and, the, and the, um, these homelands that were set up, mm. and then the homelands were set up like thousands, hundreds of kilometers away where work actually was. So lots of the men had to leave their families to come to the cities to work. So a lot of, is a whole generation, two generations that grew up with our dads. Mm. And we're living with that generation today. And there's a cycle that is being continued that is just going on and on of a fatherless generation of men having children and not taking responsibility for them and those children having children and, and so on and so on and so on. Unfortunately, here we can see the Deuteronomical uh, curse saying that the sins of the father will be visited to the sons, to sure. the third and the fourth generation. Sure. And this is what I tell men, is that we can continue to blame the past, you know. Yeah. But the Bible says, I forget those things that are behind and I press towards the things that lie ahead. And that's what's got to be important for us. Of course, the past has got an effect on what we're doing in the present. But your future isn't written yet. Amen. Your that's future so isn't written yet. And Jesus meets us at the point. He's in the center of everything. The cross is always at the center of, of whatever crisis you're going through. Yeah. What your past is and what you're worried about your future, there's the cross right there. At, and the crossroads as well, at the crossroads. You've got a decision to make about that. You know, I was actually sitting with, uh, the, with a few prominent leaders um, mm. as, part of, as part of the social cohesion uh, advocates. Mm. And uh, they were kind of speaking about, you know, all the things that had gone wrong in the country. And, mm. and I just said, well, I think the problem is the fact that we are a fatherless nation, yes. which was a bit, a bit of an odd thing to say, especially, you know, in that sort of a forum. Mm. Um, but, but I also believe that a lot of those fathers are still alive, that like as much as, and maybe just speaking to our viewers out there, you know, the fact that you can, you may have been a bad father and your son is probably already grown up and is already like, you know, he's probably already 32, 35 and he's got his own children, but the time never stops for you to be a father. And I think it's really exactly. just only right that you start making right with your sons. What's going to start to happen is that you're going to influence him and then you, the generations to come will, will also have a good influence upon them. So it's never, ever ever late to be a father. It's not yeah. only just talking to us with young kids, yes. but I believe that like, you know, the fathers who have failed or are 60, 70 years old need to go back and, you know, like, and make right with their ah, sons. You're so right, Lisa. It's such a wonderful sight to see at some, uh, everywhere I minister, every week I'm at a different place in this country, to see generations coming together. So in yeah. other words, the grandfather, his son, the father, and the grandson, the son, coming forward together because we serve a God of a second chance. Amen. Amen. He's never too it's early, never he's late. never too late, no, 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 he's no, no, always no, no. on time. It's never and, late. And that's the message that we've got to understand. It's never ever too late. Now, people are saying, now my father will never forgive me. Uh, it's, it's over. My son won't ever forgive me. My daughter doesn't speak to me. I'm okay with it. God's not okay with it. There's still a no. chance for reconciliation. And there's still some sort of a scar there that still needs to be healed. And it's amazing when you just say sorry to someone. I mean, exactly. I, I know of people who were bullied at school. And no. then like no. when they're all old and, um, and, and grown up, that other guy who bullied them would come to them and they would say, listen, I'm sorry for what I did to you at school. And funny enough, that, would, uh, that person would literally start feeling healing where he never thought they'd actually yes. have a pain. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And then yes. he'd literally live a freer life you know, going forward. So it's never, it's never late, you know, to say yeah. sorry, just as you're saying. You know, the father wound is a terrible thing. There are lots of people who wear this mask. It's time to remove that mask. If you really want true healing, if you really want God to touch you, and you really want to see a difference in your life, it's time to take off the mask and literally reveal the wound and have yeah. the healer himself come and touch you. Amen. Because very often we, we walk around and as you said, until someone says those words, you, you, you never realized you had that wound. You never realized mm, you had that mm, pain. Mm, mm. Yeah. No, it's all right. I want to speak about the, the Fatherhood Foundation. Yes. Which is the foundation that you've started. I think that was the whole point of us having yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're having such a good chat. Yeah. We're recording. Let's speak, about, let's speak about that. I mean, when did the idea, you know, um, what birthed the idea and what is the importance of you having started the Fatherhood Foundation? I believe, as I said, this is a calling on my life. Yeah. Um, I would never have dared to do something like this on my own. Yeah, you know, uh, God works like that. God will call you to do something, um, even if you know nothing. And when I did start, I knew very little. I knew I had to speak to men about, I come from a big family, th six sisters. Three of them are single mothers. So I've experienced the effects of fatherlessness firsthand. Mm, mm. Every week I get a phone call about some problem, some issue in the house. So I can see this. And it always 
bothered me whenever I went to go and do a talk as a celebrity that there are more women and children than uh, my question was always where are the men even in church you'll see there are more women than men yeah so where are the men I did some research and found out we're living in a fatherless generation uh, luckily I was dumb enough to listen to the voice of the Lord and I mean that in the uh -huh. sense of you know there are certain people who go to colleges or Bible school or whatever and they become so learned Yes. That they tend to not hear the voice of the Lord. They block yeah. it out because their degree says yeah. <laughs> they know <laughs> no, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky that I was dumb enough to listen to God saying, saying, do this, say that, go and speak to this one. And he, he basically placed resources and people into my life who spoke into my life and taught me stuff that I'm now teaching people. I'm still doing that constantly on a constant basis, you know. Um, so it became in 20, 2006, it became a crusade for me. The first place I ever went was somewhere in the middle of the Karoo called Grikwastad. Wow. The first place. I'm saying wow because I don't think I've ever been there before. Yes, it's in the middle of nowhere, close to a place called Hrikwastat. Campbell. And <laughs> That's okay. And, yeah, all of those kind of places. <laughs> it's in the middle. Beautiful, but I'm sure they're watching. Beautiful towns, beautiful towns though. Lovely. Yeah. And I spoke to them because the issue on, um, on fatherlessness and alcohol abuse and, and, and family violence is very high in the Northern Cape. Mm. It's, it's the, the province with the largest... Uh, land mass, the smallest population, but the biggest social issues. Wow. The Northern Cape. So I went there and I spoke about this and it's become, and I then, it became like a, this thing that, you know, uh, calling is a weight. If you yes. know what calling on your life is, like a weight. If you feel this heaviness to do something and if you don't do it, you still feel that heaviness. Mm. So eventually you just go and do it to get that, that thing Amen. done. That's so right. And for 10 years now, I'm celebrating my 10th year this year of wow. speaking on fatherhood and the, um, existence of the Fatherhood Foundation uh, and so that's how it came about and then I wrote a book I did an African CD I'm busy with the English CD now I'm doing um, we made a movie called yeah, Father I actually want to speak about that movie you know like yes. Father yes it's Father a is a fantastic film that we shot on the Cape Flats amongst the gangsters and drug dealers and stuff and some of them were our, our extras some of them stole our equipment but um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it was, it was a, a liberating. It's about a dad who's got to fight for the hearts of his two sons. He's a single father. Yeah. Because we always tell stories about single mothers. Mm, and he has mm, a dad. No, that's the, no, his that's wife me. has passed away. He's got to bring up two boys. He doesn't know what he's doing. And they're about to take, make these decisions that's going to take their lives into directions that he doesn't want to see them. And he literally, the subtitle for the film is Fight for the Family. He literally has to go into the streets to fight for his sons. And we shot it with our own money. We, we borrowed money. I stole a car. I didn't steal a car, I sold it. <laughs> yeah, I heard my, you sold the car. I sold my that. car to yeah. make this movie. We, wow. we, we, um, we just did, we did everything to get this thing about. And it's blessing people. That's the thing about it. It's, it's, yeah. we've shown it, we haven't shown it in cinemas. We take it to communities, we take it to churches and schools and all of that kind of stuff. And we, 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 we let people watch it through that. We're taking cinema to the people instead of telling people That's to That's awesome. Come to the and you know, and it's just a great, you know, it's a great story. Some, some of my friends actually in the movie as well. Yes. I saw Lois. Yes, Lois is in there. Lois in there. Page. You know? Yeah, she yeah, plays my as well. And the second one, we do the wedding and we, we're actually going to get married. Oh. And we tell the story from a, a girl's point of view where the, the character Lois plays, her niece comes to live with us. And she gets caught up in the environment of what's happening. And, mm. and we follow the story. That's awesome. I want to ask you another question. So yes. why do you think, because this is something that I've seen. Mm. I've always seen that the enemy, when he attacks, he always attacks the father. You yes. know? Um, so, so surely, and I'm just kind of putting it out there. So, mm. so surely there must be a great importance on fathers that we don't place. Yes, you know, yes. so why do you think that is? I mean, oh. w what is the role of a father in oh. a family? In my book, I write about what the definition of a father is. And the definition is the founder of a lifestyle. Mm. The mm. founder of a lifestyle. He sets the tone. He sets the example. He's the root. He's the source. He's the anchor of the family. He's the stone pillar. When the storms of life come, that father's supposed to hold the family like this. You know, When he's there, there's a certain security. There's a certain peace. There's a certain strength in the home. And when the enemy attacks that, the Bible says, how can a man come and plunder a house? Well, he binds the strong man. The father is the strong man of the house. And once he's bound in father in being away from home, once he's bound in adultery or having an affair or drugs or alcohol, the it's so easy for the enemy to come in and, and, and do what and he does. Collapse. So the founder of a lifestyle, he sets the tone, he sets the atmosphere. Have you seen when you, you remember when your dad came home angry? 
And your mother says, oh, just, you know, put the music soft. Whoa. Your father's in a mood. I can see how he's closing the gate. Whoa. He's in a mood. You know what I mean? It affects the whole house. <laughs> My father used to shout from the other room, knock it off. That was his favorite. Knock it off. The whole house goes quiet. The dog goes quiet. Everyone goes quiet. I don't know how the radio went quiet, or, but or mommy the radio would go, went down. Or mommy would go, <laughs> yes, yes. but when daddy when spoke, dad. that one and only time, yes. like, listen, yes. everything just like sort of exactly. comes down. I learned you know? tongues from my dad. <laughs> Because he would walk into the room when we were being naughty. We didn't know what he was saying, but he got, and his hand was on the belt, you see. I will, I mean, yeah. we just go quiet. That was it. That was tongues for me. I just oh, kind of, uh, what language is that? <laughs> Later on, I discovered Listen, I will yeah, <laughs> And you just know exactly what that exactly. means. Those are like the, the first tongues that you actually understood. Exactly. It was like, whoa, whoa. That's it. But you know, also just like, you know, just like on another serious note as well as the fact that when, uh, when David went, uh, went um, when David attacked, because he attacked Goliath, you know, yes. he went straight for the head. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. um, a, and the father is the, is the head of the family because once the head collapses, the whole structure just collapses. And, right. and I've heard you speak about this. So, so in your words, yes. um, you know, once, once, once the father figure is not there, that's when the family collapses. That's when the community collapses. Yes. That's when the nation collapses. So yes. I think it's just so wonderful that ah. what you're doing is that you are mm. going to the very core of this, you know, to the very core. You're not Thank doing you. for the flames. Remember the one time I think yes. you talked about a yes, fire? That's and you say, yes. you know, there's no use yeah. in trying to fix the nation. Do you know, just yes, say, you, you, you don't kill a fire by throwing it on the flames of teenage pregnancy, the, gang violence. You throw it, you go to the, the the point of the source of the fire and for me the source of the fire that we experience in South Africa is the family yeah and the absence of the father figure amen just before we end off you know end of our broadcast I really just want to ask you just to look into that camera yes and uh, and really just to give just to give our viewers whether those who are fatherless whether those who are fathers just mm. just a word of encouragement That's oh, well it's heart. only my pleasure it's a message that I always deliver and this is the message to the men out there especially um, Never underestimate your importance. God has called us with such a great uh, position, such a great anointing. We are the prophets, the priests, and the kings of our homes. We set the tone in the house. We give our children identity. I want to tell you, Dad, that the first person to tell a girl, I love you, must be you. Not that boy in the back seat of a car in the back room of someone's house. It's got to be you. Girls want to hear... They want to get their self-worth from their daddy. And they want to hear those words, I love you, from their father. Boys want to hear two things, dads. They want to hear that they've got it and that you're proud of them. He won't even know what it is that he's got. Mm. So tell him he's got it. That's exactly what God the Father did as Jesus came out of the river Jordan when he was baptized by John the Baptist. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, he was saying, this guy's got it and I'm proud of him. Wow. So that, those, those are literally the words you need to speak. I want you to understand your importance and never ever underestimate it. Your daughter needs you. Your son needs you. The mother of your children needs you. More importantly, God needs you to take your place. Never ever underestimate your importance. We can only save this nation. We can only turn things around if you step up and you play your role. God bless you. I love that. Yeah. Um, before my daughter was born, they said I must write her letter. Yes. And the first thing I wrote was, I'm proud of you. So, that, you she, so that she'll never work her way, you know, like to make yes. me proud. But she needs to know that before she's done anything, just like when God looked on, uh, on Christ, you know, yes. and said, this is my beloved son, before he had even gone into his ministry. That's so right. she can just That's know right. that dad is just proud of her. That's right. Thank you so much for being such an inspiration, sir. Thank you. It was great chatting to you. It was just a chat. It was a great <laughs> it was chat. Just a chat. I hope we could do more. So to book the fatherhood team to come and speak or run workshops at your, at your organization or anywhere else, uh, just make sure that you email them on info at ffsa.org.za.